Ladies and gentlemen, this is Book Music. I am Tosh. And I'm Kimley. And each episode of Book Music, we discuss a specific book regarding music. It could be either music history, uh, a biography, a memoir from a musician, or about the music business or the music world, or even sometimes a fictional character who is a musician. Basically, we just do any book that's about music. Is that correct? Would you agree? I, with that I, I think you've summed it up pretty well. That is book music in a nutshell. And today, <laughs> and good night, folks. Good night. <laughs> or good morning. It depends where, where we are, not you, but we are. Um, today, we're going to discuss a book by Lucy O'Brien. It's called She Bop The Definite History of Women in Rock, Pop, and Soul, published by Jawbone Books. Originally published in 1995 and recently republished uh, for the extended remix version, I guess. Yeah, I know. I was laughing. You know, we just did uh, It Came From Memphis, which was also a 25th anniversary uh, update and revision. <laughs> We're doing some classic books. Yes. We, we all need to be updated and revised once in a while, like every five Yes. Everybody. Yes. yes. We all need a refluff. I think I'm just trying to type the, the definitive history. The definitive yes. history of. Women. I'm wondering if you're using one of the older titles because I thought it was the definitive history of women in popular music. That's oh my gosh, that. maybe I'm. You know, I may be uh, looking at a. Uh, I read the new edition, but I was also looking at an old edition online. So yeah, I saw on Goodreads that you had marked you read an older edition. So there's a, okay. So there's a different title. Yeah, I think she must have uh, adjusted the title. Okay, so what's the title, Kimberly? The title I have is Shebop, The Definitive History of Women in Popular Music. So I think she decided not to uh, use any of those categories, which are always troublesome. Okay. Well, it, it's troublesome. It can well, what, what's the title that you had? It was like Rock, Pop, and Soul or something? A, woman, like a History of Women in Rock, Pop, and Soul. Yeah. See, that's difficult because a lot of the stuff she talks about in the beginning is jazz you know, she talks about some of the early jazz bands yeah. and stuff like that. You know, whenever you start categorizing music, that's always uh, problematic. Yes, we and our role as the host of uh, book music is to actually make it even more confusing to the audience. <laughs> we do our best. We at Book Music doesn't clear up anything. We just actually make it more confusing and just more obscure, and then this becomes absurd after a while. <laughs> exactly. Well, we don't like black and white. We like all the nuance and all the different shades of gray in between. And Absolutely. The more difficult it is, the more interesting it is. I live in the shade. I don't live in black and white. Exactly. Uh, she Bop, as the title says, choose your title, She Bop, <laughs> um, is a book, is really the history of women in music from the jazz era of the teens to now. I mean, now is uh, 2021. And um, it's an interesting book. Lucy O'Brien, just reading her bio, and it's online, if it's correct. You can never know if the internet is correct these days, except mm -hmm. what you hear from uh, book music, of course. <laughs> um, You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> she's, a, she's a music writer. From the 80s, not well, you know, she started writing professionally in the 80s, 1980s, and she used to write for like the New Musical Express, but it seems to have a, a, a strong focus on, on uh, women artists. And she's British, right? She's British and definitely has a, a feminist stance in life. 
uh, even from, from then to now, of course. Um, she wrote a biographies on uh, Dusty Springfield, who I greatly admire, uh, and Annie Lennox, a biography on Annie Lennox. And then she also did a biography on uh, Madonna. And I think she's done a, quite a few other books. So she's written about you know women artists. And she's a very good writer, very well researched. Um, first of all, if you purchase this book or you read this book, I think this book is better as sort of as a reference book for me. Yeah, that's how I felt. It was definitely felt like a reference book because there's just so much information that to read it sort of as a narrative was a bit exhausting. You know, it's just yeah. like it's like uh, there's just so many people named and and it's not you know exhaustive information on each person, which obviously it can't be. So it's I think it's a great book as a jumping point. You know, she's got a really good list of uh, books at the back of, you know, things to read afterwards and yes. and records to listen to. It's pretty a huge list of books and records to listen to. So, yeah, I feel like it's more of a reference book than sort of a narrative read. Which I found it difficult for me. Um, yeah, for me too, reading it, you know, because we we're obviously we were reading it on a deadline. So it was like, you know, I knew I had to read, you know, yeah. get it all read where I would have rather been more leisurely and just kind of looked things up. You know, it's a nice book to have on your shelf and to yeah. be able to look things up. And uh, See, this for me is one of the difficult books to talk, these type of books to talk about. Um, right. Because the editor in me, the writer in me, mm-hmm. of course wants to rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a reader, like a reader feels when they read something. You know, they, yeah. but it is what it is. The book is what it is. And okay. what she does is quite well. It's well written. Um, she covers everything that's possible in women in, in music, from the back scene of, of, of women who work in record companies to the artists, of course, to women songwriters, girl groups, the reggae world, the soul world, the jazz world, the jazz singers, big band, you know, everything. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty exhaustive. Um... It, it is. And um, for me, you know, this is actually not her, it's not a problem with her or the book, it's more what I want from a book, which is not means it's correct by any means. Right. So, you know, I, I read this book and it's not what I want it to be. Yeah. I want something sort of like, um, like it was written by a writer like Paul Morley or Ian Penman. We did those mm-hmm. books recently and, you know, Robert, yeah. you know, uh, Robert Gordon. Um, those are like writery writing books about a culture that's really depth. But it's more niche. That's the thing. I think this yeah. book is so broad. Very broad. That, you know, I would suspect some of her other books, like the, you know, the biographies that she did on uh, Dusty Springfield and Madonna, et cetera, are probably a lot more interesting in a narrative sense. Yeah. More um, specific. You know, there's just so much you can do. I mean, a lot of the artists that she talks about here, she'll have one or two sentences at most. A few get a couple paragraphs, you know, some, you know, more prominent artists, the Aretha Franklins and like that. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, most of it, it's like one or two sentences, you know, mentioning something. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the chapters that were in, I was interested in was just because I was interested in that era or that music I didn't know too much about, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I learned something from from her book, like, you know, like about um, uh, like the big band era in the 40s and the 30s and 40s. And uh, most of the singers were um, female singers. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because they had to travel with the band, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there were they, the singers were black Americans and the whole big band is white, <laughs> white males. Right. And, 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 and there's some the female musicians, you know, uh, here and there. 
But you know, then I found that really interesting because that sounds like an interesting subject for me to read. You know, right, right. Like it would be nice to have a whole book on that. Yeah, and then the other part is I, I, I was, I got what perked my interest was the, um, the chapter on the women who work behind the scenes who are becoming right. You always and, love the behind I the do. scenes stories. <laughs> really Your it. obsession, yeah. <laughs> I do love it. I find it really, really interesting. And yeah. and a woman working behind the scenes, working like for a male band. Right, uh, like Caroline Kuhn, C O O N, who I've, I heard of for years. I mean, I think I heard of her from the '60s, late '60s. Um, she was a music writer. Then she got very. Then she got. She was always involved with politics, especially uh, legalizing drugs and legalizing prostitution in London mm-hmm. or in England. But mm-hmm. she's but she she emerged into the punk era by managing the Clash, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Right, and right. um. You know, and there's different, you know, and, and there's a, this other woman I find very interesting, um, Nancy Jeffries, who used to be in a band called Insect Trust, which I read about in Robert Gordon's It Came From Me. Right. I know, I know. I was laughing at that, too. It's kind of funny. I love how we get these connections, you know. And Insect Trust has seemed to be the, li- I, to me, listening to Insect Trust, which I listened to the first album, I thought, no way anybody in this band would become a huge A&R person. <laughs> I thought that would be impossible. Right. Forget if you're male or female. It's like, <laughs> it does not compute. <laughs> it does not compute to me. But when Nancy Jeffries did become a huge, um, uh, mostly it was Electra Records, but she had a long uh, career in, 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 in dealing with um, uh, the major, not little labels, but major record labels. Uh-huh. And I found that interesting. But everything else I sort of knew about, and I, and, and I just sort of, like, I didn't skip the chapters, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, I know that. I, you know, it's just sort of, right, right. again, as a reader, because I know this stuff, so let's, you know, maybe if you don't know it, you would find it really interesting. But I was frustrated, because I'm thinking, for me, what makes this a great book, if, if it's actually just a question of interviews. You know, she just did interviews with people like Nancy Jeffries, and she did, she did, she she didn't get this all from Google or, or researching from other books. She did a little bit. No, a lot of it's from her interviews, like over interviews. the years. Yeah. And I would love to have read like just a Q&A or manuscripts of her talking about with these, I mean, talking to these specific people. Right. But that wouldn't be a history of women in popular music. No, but I, I would. Yes, you're absolutely correct. But it would still be a history of women in music, but not as extensive. Is right. Yeah, but, I think that's the problem with the book. Is it's in terms of reading it narratively, is it's just too broad. You what you you like more niche things, as do I. It's just you know. Yeah. It's, it, it, this can only be a superficial coverage because there's just so much information. It's impossible. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of women in this. I mean, I was kind of laughing as I was reading through it. I was like, damn, there's a lot of women here that are successful in the <laughs> in popular music. It doesn't seem yeah. like there's a problem. You know, obviously, though, if you look at the numbers, percentage-wise, there is. But, um, you know, she, she sort of shows all these successful women. It's funny. They're successful, but they had a really struggle against... Um, of course. And I mean, I think that's also a big part of the book. It's not just that it's listing, but she does sort of address all of the very issues from different angles you know um, Mm -hmm. the harassment the you know not getting equal pay or equal respect or you know what women have to do I mean um, you know it's interesting she talks about how you know she was talking about Janis Joplin and um, so she said I pulled a quote she said ironically taking on a straightforward male rock and roll persona made it easier for her to strive for superiority among men 
So, you know, I think until maybe the 90s, mm-hmm. for women to make it in rock and roll, they either had to be sort of the sexy eye candy or they had to try to be one of the boys and, you know, out drink and out party the boys. Yeah. You know, they couldn't be sort of just somewhere in between that. Um, you know, yeah, I think maybe clear. in the 90s, you started to see more women who were just, you know, somewhere in the middle there. You know, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't, you know, the Marilyn Monroe eye candy. and Yeah. And also in the 90s, um, women started organizing their own, like, record labels and doing their own festivals. Right. The whole DIY thing. and Yeah. Um, so And, you know, and the whole, uh, um, the Riot, Riot Girls, right? Riot Girls, yes. Yeah, Riot yeah. Girls. And so there was, like, the Riot Girls was sort of the younger, like, punk, you know, band. Right. But then there was this sort of, like, a pop folk, um, new folk. Uh, or singer-songwriter, right. women writers and performers who organize the labels and tours and, you know, book shows, like, you know, like all, all women shows. Right, um, right. I kind of laugh sometimes. I'm like, I don't think I'm a very good feminist sometimes. You never would have caught me at one of those Lilith fairs. <laughs> Way too much estrogen for me. But then again, I also hey, wouldn't have been at a Lollapalooza because that's too much testosterone. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm not a fan of the gender tribalism. You know, I like a little. You're not. Yang. <laughs> no. It's you know, in my own record collection. I definitely have more male artists. Yeah, sure. So do I. But I have a good amount of female artists. I have only. It's kind of strange because I, I, I was just thinking about it, like uh-huh. five minutes before doing this show. <laughs> As always, you're so prepared, Tosh. Yeah. <laughs> So I can just ramble on anything that comes to my mind. Yes, um, yes. But like you know, I have like periods like women. Like I have, I have, I love uh, girl singers from the sixties. Right, you love all the girl groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like the French, you know, like the French uh, singers. You know, uh, mm. uh, Bardot, uh, uh, Jane Birkin. You know, uh, right. And then uh, I have like the English girl singers, and I do have some like you know like some jazz singers of like the you know of that like Billie Holiday. Yeah, I think most of the women you think you listen to are are uh, singers. You don't have a lot of like uh, rocker chicks in your. Uh, no, I don't have any like rock and roll uh, <laughs> women singers of like. Right, no Liz Fair or PJ Harvey or. No, uh, and I, and this is actually not a crazy, and this is not critical of the artists themselves. It's more of a me. Right, thing. It's just, yeah, yeah, and, you just never. Exposed yeah, and I really, and this is a me thing too, but I absolutely hate the, the whole 70s Little Canyon songwriter world. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you and I are the same on that. That's not my... I don't like the female either. side. I don't like the male side. Right, yeah, I'm not big on that hippy-dippy stuff. And it's not, you know, again, it's more about me. I mean, yeah. it's you. It's against them, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Joni Mitchell. I mean, she's right. a much, Highly respected by sure. No, I have tremendous respect for her. It's just not an album. I want her stuff. Is just not. I just don't like her work. But I like a lot of the stuff that came out in the nineties that you probably don't know too much about. Like like Liz Fair and PJ. uh Yeah, like all that stuff. Yeah, I wonder what's wrong with me. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you listen to some of that. I will. You know, that's that's what's going to happen. Is that you know, with me, I always get obsessed about music from the past, you know, I discover like, whoa, who is this person, you know, and then. Yeah, sure. And then you've got a whole catalog of stuff to, to explore. Right. So Isn't this book cool? can help me. I mean, this, you know, if we look on the positive side, if I needed like a reference of, of a certain era and stuff, that woman art is going to be in the book. 
I mean, I can't think of who's, I can't think of anybody who's not in the book. Well, that's funny because I actually, <laughs> you know, a book like this, it's like you're definitely going to find people that you're like, wait, she didn't have this person, she didn't. Have, and I came up with a few that I was surprised. The one I was most surprised mm-hmm. that wasn't in the book was the Shags. Because I always oh. think of them as being one of the very first all-girl bands who played their own instruments. Yeah, and I sure. love the Shags. Um, so I was really surprised that the Shags weren't in the book. That's very interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, because to me, they're sort of one of the quintessential sort of, you know, female garage bands. Uh-huh. Um, so I was real surprised that the Shags weren't in the book. Um and then there were some other people, people that I like who aren't as well known that weren't in the book. Like I was surprised she didn't have Zap Mama in the sort of which I don't remember how uh-huh. she titled the world music section or whatever. But um, she, the Zap Mama, they're huge and I love them. And they were on David Burns' Walkabout label. I mean, they were pretty well known. I was surprised uh-huh. they weren't in there. Uh-huh. Um, I was surprised Victoria Williams wasn't in there. Yes. Uh, she's yes. a pretty well respected singer songwriter. Uh huh. Louisiana and Los Angeles. Um, uh-huh. She didn't have anything about one of your favorites, Catherine Ringer of Lerita Mitsuko. Oh my gosh, that's right. I mean, I think of her as being a pretty iconic female in, in rock and roll. Oh yeah, she is. You know, I mean, Iggy Pop loves her. <laughs> Barks so, you know, her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's impossible to not uh, neglect a few people, but... It's possible she doesn't know these artists, though. You know, I can't imagine she doesn't know the Shags. Oh, I wonder. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Suburbs Garage Walk through sort of like through Susie Quattro, right? I mean, can't remember now. Yeah, I... yeah. I mean, she really covers women in in music for pretty much from the beginning of the twentieth century. I mean, I was surprised when I started reading it. I didn't realize she was going to go back that far. I really thought it was maybe start in the fifties because I sort of think of the fifties as yeah. when rock and roll started. But, um, you know, she definitely went back and, you know, discussed Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith and, you know, all these yeah. blues singers and stuff. So that was interesting. It's definitely, definitely an exhaustive uh, coverage. Yeah. I mean, basically, I think she started from when music started to be recorded. It's yeah. Really almost like women in recorded music, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's uh, uh, it's definitely it's it's so broad that it's obvious that she's going to miss a few people here and there. But. Yeah, and the, and the jazz thing again for me was really strong start of the of the of the, uh, of the book. Yeah, um, I was interested in her, her writing about Billie Holiday and Anita Day mm-hmm. and Annie Ross because they're all like um, heavily into the drug world at the time as well. Right, it was so. interesting that she made the point about like Anita Day didn't get as vilified as uh, Billie Holiday, obviously because of the race issue. And yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, when you think about all the things that these women endured, um, it's kind of amazing that they got anywhere at all. Yeah. I always say, you know, I think for me, you know, obviously it's still it's still a struggle, you know, there's still not kind of the equity that, you know, women hope for. And I feel like, um, you know, we'll see true gender equality when basically an average looking woman with average talent can still be as successful as somebody like Meatloaf. You know, <laughs> you know it's like right now you can get an average looking woman can have success, but she's got to have an Aretha Franklin sized talent to succeed. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you can't have a woman who looks like meatloaf and has the same talent as meatloaf. 
no. in any kind of success. No. Well, she may develop a strong cult audience. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the problem is just the male dominance on, on the world itself. Well, of course. I mean, this it's it's not a problem just in music. It's a problem no. in the industry, obviously. But that has to be removed totally. It'd be great if like smaller industries, think about the music industry being small, right. but that that somehow totally overcome. There are artists, you know, who who sort of overcome that whole sort of gender issue. You know, I'm thinking of people like Patti Smith, I guess, or um, yeah. It's, it's interesting how. How one ha- deal with you always have to deal with the issue some matter sure. somehow. You know, sure, you're a yeah. woman. I mean, if you're yeah. Patty Smith or Debbie Harry, you still right. have to deal with that issue. Yeah, and absolutely. it's and obviously it's not fair, and obviously it's not right. I don't know. You know, I I really don't know how. You know, I'd like to read something how you dismantle this system. <laughs> I think everybody would. <laughs> problem, like I know it's a problem. You know, it's a bad, yeah. it's a horrific problem. Yeah. How do does one dismantle this? Let's say like in the music world, you know, and right. I think you know, like like women doing their own labels and their own festivals. I think is. Yeah, I mean, she talks a lot about, especially now with social media, how that's helped women, you know, because they don't need to rely on a big label. And um, so, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I thought was interesting is um, uh, she uh, quoted uh, the writer Susan Douglas, and she said, in the early 1960s, pop music became the area of popular culture in which adolescent female voices could be clearly heard. And I started thinking about how, you know, it's interesting how pop culture is often the inroad for a variety of minority groups to gain some ground and get some respect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that pop culture in general is is a way for, you know, a variety of groups to get a larger presence. I mean, it's still not perfect, but it's one of the arenas that I think is easier. And I started to wonder why that was. And I think it's because pop culture is so it's constantly in flux, you know, it's always yeah. changing and it sort of thrives on the need for new, you know, yeah. it, it always has to have something new. So I think people in, in the pop culture world are a little more open to, you know, somebody that's a different gender or somebody that's a different race, somebody that's a different religion, you know? So, you know, I think that's kind of one of the, the answers. Yeah. I think uh, pop culture, definitely people are looking for something, something new, can be accepted in, right. in, in the pop. And music. I don't mean just music. I mean, film and yeah. sports or whatever, you know, the, the it seems, you know, I pop culture is almost sort of disposable in a way, but that's why it's kind of constantly in flux. It's constantly changing, you know, it, it's, and you have to constantly feed the beast, you know, so yeah. you have to let as many people into this world as possible. You can't be so uh, worried about the, you know, is this a white man? Who's yeah. creating this content because we need more. We need more, right. more, more. You know, <laughs> the, it is an interesting phenomenon, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like on the, on the manager world, there's not there's not like a lot of um, women managers who handle, like, say, like boy bands of sorts. You know, it's always the male who handles that and marketing for the female, you know, quote unquote audience. Yeah, and it's interesting that women either don't have the voice to do that for whatever political, sociological reasons, which I don't fully understand. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's a strange world where men make objects of desire and sell it both for male and female in the pop market yeah and women have a very little to this day have a little very little um presence in that world as you know power brokers or or visionary you know like visionary manager manager type yeah uh and i don't fully understand why not i just don't i mean i understand you know because it's a male orientated world that i understand right and i i don't fully understand why um there isn't more like women agents and managers who are totally sort of innovative in their work and you know just sort of change things in a way or or or, or bring up an artist who presents something you know meaningful yeah. to their audience she also talks a lot about you know sort of female consumers you know and i have always wondered like well why don't female consumers have more of a force in the marketplace um, you know, women buy so much. Yeah. And, you know, she talked about how um, uh, she said, and it has always been female consumers who turn bands into big sellers once they have reached past their fan base. So, you know, females, I think women consumers have a power base. But at the same time she did, there was one part in the book where she said that there was a report in 2017 by Music Tank um, that said only 34 percent of women of album buyers were women. And I thought, really? And I was kind of wondering if that's just more recently. Like, I know when I go to record stores now, it is mostly men buying records. Yeah. But when I was younger, you know, in the 80s and 90s, when I'd go to a record store, I didn't notice that kind of disparity. Yeah. So it's strange. I, you know, I feel like um, the economic power base is kind of uh, befuddling, you know. That's why if there's so many female consumers, you would yeah. think that they would want female artists and uh, you know, female creativity behind what's going on. So I don't know. It's strange. It is strange. You actually articulate it better than me. Cause I, I, that was try, that's what I was trying to convey that a manager, right. there's no female manager or agents that do the packaging, you know, or selling that to other females. If they, you know, yeah. females a huge yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, co- um, consumer base. Well, I don't think we're going to uh, solve the problem of uh, women's issues today, Tosh. But we're getting close, though. Hopefully, hopefully, we've uh, moved it forward just a little bit. <laughs> if we have another twenty minutes, I think we can solve the whole problem. There you go. Well, you know, there was a really interesting quote from Kim Gordon when uh, in the chapter on the Riot Girls, and she's kind of getting into how, like, some of the Riot Girls, what they would do is write things like slag on their stomachs and sort of almost self-debased i guess in a sense to you know they're taking over so that somebody else can't do it that kind of they're empowering themselves in a way or whatever i mean i think that's the thought process behind it so um kim gordon said um it'll get corrupted and lose its potency but ideologies do serve their purpose for a period of time and then they don't work anymore because they become closed but that's okay because something else comes along it's all about empowerment and confidence Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because I think it is important to, for people to remember that feminism is fluid. It's constantly changing. You know, it's yeah. I mean, when I look at sort of the early feminism of the 60s and 70s, like I always sort of found that to be a big turnoff because I really kind of never liked when women were telling other women how to behave. Like, you know, uh-huh. oh, you can't wear makeup. You can't dress sexy. You know, you uh-huh. shouldn't be a housewife. And it's like, well. For me, feminism is about having choices and women should right. be allowed to do what they want. If they want to stay home and raise a family, that's a perfectly respectable choice. And yes. 
So, you know, I think um, it's constantly in flux, you know, it's always changing. And uh, I think it's important to remember that it's, it's uh, growing pains. Constant growing pains. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think you're totally correct. We, we should let the audience know that you chose this book, Tosh. I didn't even know about this book. <laughs> so thank you. For, yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> bringing a women's book to, uh, to my attention. <laughs> and that book is She Bop. And where the, the second part of the title is? <laughs> the Definitive History. Yes, yes, the definitive history of women in popular music uh, by Lucy O'Brien. Yes, twenty-fifth anniversary edition, updated. It's very current. Published by Jawbone Books, who do excellent books on music. Yes, and I have not actually seen. A, we, you know, we just got a, um, a digital version of this book, but I have seen the Jawbone books before, and they're all superbly. Yeah, beautiful. they're beautiful. They do very beautiful. Job. So yeah. I think this book, I presume, is like if it's like the other books, exquisite looking book and you know, a really, obviously a hefty volume. How many pages is it about? Is it about, is it about how many it's pages? Like Four hundred something. Yeah. yeah. So um, again, I guess we both sort of agree it's a it's a it's a very good reference book that we. I, I definitely had trouble. I, I definitely wanted something more from it. Maybe for the reader out there, maybe this is what they need. Is what this is this is perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great reference book. I mean, yeah. I'm very happy to have it. Um, and, you know, it's something I'm going to go back and, you know, look up some of the people that I wasn't as familiar with. So it's it's an essential uh, music book, I think, you know. It's, yes. It's just, but I see it more of as a jumping off point, you know. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. This is interesting. Now I'm going to go get a book on this person or, you know, this exactly. topic. Yeah. What's the next book? Next there? book is we'll be reading a new 33 and a third book, Elvis Presley's From Elvis in Memphis by Eric Wolfson. Great. So be a lot of fun. We're going back to Memphis again pretty soon. We must all come No, no. Well, this is a new 33 and a third book. We like to get on yes. those right when they come out. We love the 33 and a third books. Yes, it's, it's about the key, a key moment in Elvis's career. Yes, his late 60s sort of comeback era. Yeah, so we're, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, very, I'll be, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into this book. I am too. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to Book Music. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest news. And we've got playlists for every single one of our episodes on both Spotify and Apple Music. And you can find links to everything on our website at bookmusic.com, B-O-O-K-M-U-S-I-K.com. So thank you, everyone. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.